this morning maybe you're burdened about a situation there may be a need that you're very aware of in your life and the greatest need we have is for more of him the world is growing the kingdom of the enemy is increasing but if God, if the enemy moves we know that God moves maybe this morning you don't even you're not even fully aware of the need or the depth of your need that's a part of the deception of Laodicea, that they would be wretched and blind and naked and not even know it. And we may say, well, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm, I'm in the message. I know I'm this and this. But I'll just say this morning, let's not come here as they did, saying, I know this. I've got all of this down. Let's just come sincerely before the Lord this morning. Wherever you are this morning, Let's not let our outside shell get in the way of the service or the moving of God this morning. Let's let Him move. Heavenly Father, we're standing here this morning. We've lingered a little bit in our worship. We've taken time to dedicate this. We believe all these things are important. But now, Lord, more importantly, we're inviting you to come and step on the scene. Father, we need you this morning. We need you at this junction of the journey. We're asking you, Father, to take this service. Lord, we ask that you'll look at us through the blood. There's not one of us that would stand if we would stand on our own merits. But Lord, we're asking through the blood of Jesus, may we be made white in your eyes, O God. And Father, as the word is ministered, may we be cleansed by the word, O God. May it not come in an intellectual form. May it not be in just an emotional form. But may it be in power, O Lord, and in demonstration of the Spirit, O God. Let us not stand here unaffected this morning. But Lord, may we be affected by the word in our midst today. Father, we're here in the name of Jesus Christ. We acknowledge our transgressions, but we confess that we need you, O God. I pray, O Lord, you'd move in a way, O Lord, that's beyond man, and you'd be on our flesh. 
And Lord, may we now just give ourselves to you. Bless the word as we read it. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. Let's just go directly to the word of God. We'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning. I spoke um, last Sunday, the first service of the new year, on two kingdoms, two worlds. And I had taken that as a little bit of a prelude to where I wanted to go today. And I won't even fully go to where I want to go today. But this is really in the vein or the thought of our direction for this year, for not just this year, but for moving forward. And um, I want to just take this. Let's take 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, and I, I don't like even saying this. You may be familiar with this scripture, but let's just go beyond that this morning. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant how that all our fa- fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat of the same spiritual meat, and did all drink of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. So this was a group that came out, but within the group there was many different types, and there was many spirits that were represented, but now let's just look at the division moving forward. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were for our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and, in, in, and fell in one day tw- three and twenty thousand. Now, in our minds, we can easily put this, that's way back then, we are here today. But you know what? This is closer than we think. The, the spirits don't die. Be not idolaters. If there's one thing God hates is that you put something between him and you. And you lift that up. And we need to lift him up this morning. We need to lift him up not just in church, but in our hearts and in our lives and in our desires. And we don't want to be as they did, committing fornication. And then it would also go in verse 9 and say, Neither let us tempt Christ as also some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Here's another one. Neither murmur ye. Oh, it's so easy to be negative. It's becoming more and more common around even the precious truth for people just to say this so flippantly. Friends, we need to remember it's the Holy Ghost in our midst. And we want to be sacred. We want to be reverent before Him. And it says now in verse... 11, now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. God bless you. May have your seats. I'm going to just read directly from Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest 
any of you should come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well and as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he saith, I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world." We have this thing we call the message, and we sometimes view the message as something that is, we can, we can put it, it can be many things to us. It can, be, um, it can be rules and regulations. It can be a standard that we adhere to or that the church adheres to. Um, it can be, uh, it, we can draw from it what we want to draw for it. But I'm going to just say it this way. The message is Jesus Christ. The message is a person. The message is not something that we divide up, that we cut up, that we use for our own benefit. But we need to submit ourselves to that message, to that person. And I will say, the message is the Bible. And if that hasn't been made clear, it is becoming more clear to us. And, and, and we need to be able to bring the message and the Bible together here and now to our own address. Not somewhere far off. Not somewhere that, that it's what the people think. No, it's who is Christ to you this morning. Now I'm, I'm just, I've got to move quickly because we've, we've, we've been somewhere. But I, I've got some things in my heart. So this morning I want to speak on being caught up in the vision to this generation. Now I'm going to look at it this way for a moment. I'm going to take, I, I took 1 Corinthians 10, and, and I really can't even do justice to this the way I would like to. But God in the first exodus, he had a people that he was going to take out of the world. He was going to bring them out with signs and wonders, and he was going to bring them into a land. And he had a land prepared for them. He had a, it was going to be the promised land. It was going to be where everybody had a part in that land. So the journey from point A to the end, from, from let's call it from the Alpha to the Omega, that, that journey was, was always in the mind of God. But in the, in the journey, there was many detours. There was many distractions. There was many issues that rose up. But it was important for a group of people because God had ordained a group of people to leave Egypt and to inherit a land. That principle has never changed. And we ourselves are in an exodus. And no matter what anybody may say, no matter what circumstances are, God has something in his mind. He has a vision. He has a picture. And we need to enter into that picture. Now, I, I, I got to also relax before I just really go to where I want to go. In, in the message, recognizing your day and its message, Brother Branham speaks, and he talks this, and he says, now, I'm going to say something, national force put Israel in her homeland. National force will put the church into the world council of churches. But the power of God will put the people into a bride. 
So we are not going to be dealing with, and you know, as we approach a new year, we can look at it with a, a certain amount of trepidation, with a certain amount of fear, with a certain amount of, I wonder what's going to come next. But I don't want to be operating in that kind of a level. That's a defensive position. And as we read last week out of Ephesians chapter 6, take the whole armor of God. And the last thing we were to take was the sword of the Spirit. And, and I believe we need to take that sword knowing we will face the enemy, knowing he will come across our path. You will meet challenges. You'll meet challenges not just on a job or in a school, but you're going to meet challenges even in the church world. You're going to meet challenges in your own home. You're going to meet challenges in your flesh because your flesh does not want to go where God wants to lead it sometimes. And so we need to be possessed by something greater. It needs to be something that is inherent in us. It is something that is greater than all the situations in the world, in the situations in our lives. And I believe that God knows them all. So he would say this, the world forces this way and the world forces that way, but God forces upward. The Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, my Word is Spirit and life, he says, and it will put the bride in her place. Now, the bride is not going to be forced into their place. The bride will not be forced by circumstances. God will allow circumstances, but we are free moral agents. God wants us to open up, not just in our, in, for our strength, but for him to come and possess through us what he has ordained for us. So he will say, now, she will recognize her position in the word, which, when she's in Christ, will put her in her place. No national force will do it. No national force. The national force did drive Israel into their homeland. National forces of the council of churches will drive every organization into it. But the power of God will raise the church into glory. Now I'm using that as a little bit of a, a basis for where I'm going. I'm going to skip this, this next uh, um, scripture, Brother Dan. And I'm going to go to the Old Testament. I'd like you just to go with me. Numbers chapter 20. I will not be able to this morning really take and emphasize all the conditions of the Exodus, but I'm going to just take a little bit of it, and then I want to move into something, and I want to maybe draw from that and then, and then move it forward. So let, allow me just a little bit here. Numbers chapter 20. Now remember, Israel came out of Egypt under, under a prophet. Not just a prophet, but a, a, a gifted prophet with two signs, and also a pillar of fire. So we, we never want to reduce the message to just William Branham the man. William Branham was the vessel that God used, was the gift that God used. There'll never be another one like it. But we need to see it wasn't just William Branham. It was God ordained in all of this and moving this. So before we just have an ownership over that, and, and I'll just say this, if we're not careful, we get our emphasis on the wrong thing. 
Now, I, I also want to say this. You cannot tell the story of that exodus without mentioning Moses. But if it's Moses only, it's on the wrong emphasis. The message, the emphasis was God was with them. God led them. And in the seasons of the message, he had a Pharaoh. He had a Moses and an Aaron. He had a time when they had to wander in a wilderness. He had a Joshua. He had an inheritance. And what we need to see the message is, is not just as a series of events. We need to see the message from the beginning until the end. And we need to connect. That's where we came from. That was the generation God used. And there's a generation God's using today just as much as he did when Brother Branham was on the earth. And we need to see ourselves as part of that generation. Are you ready to, are you ready to move on this morning? Now, Numbers chapter 20. This is just a little portion of the journey. They had come out of Egypt. They'd come out and they'd had the Red Sea experience. Now they had Miriam dancing with a, tem, t, uh, you know, a tambourine. They went three days, no water, no nothing. They grumbled and here we are. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode there. And Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Spirits don't die. Do not be disappointed when you see things rise up within the message against the message. That's what happened in the first exodus. And the people chawed with Moses saying, Oh, would to God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. What a testimony. I wish we'd never come this far. I'll tell you what, if, if, you, if you are looking with that kind of a view today, this morning, I just pray, God, take our view and put it back on Christ. Put it back on the promises, not on the circumstances, not on the disappointments, not on the failures, not on circumstances. But the only way we're going to overcome is if we're looking to a promise. Why have you brought us to in, up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness? That we and our cattle should die there. Wherefore have you made us to come up to Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is not seeds or figs or vines or pomegranates. Neither is there water to drink. So I, I, I can't read all of this. and I've got to summarize some of this. But Moses fell on his face. The glory of God appeared. And, and the Lord speaks to Moses. said, take the rod. Gather the people together. Speak to the rock before their eyes. That it will bring forth water. And that their congregation and their beasts can drink. And Moses took the rod. Now it was to speak to it. But Moses, because of circumstances, his temper got the better of him and he smote the rock. Now he already smote it once, but now he smote it again. Now look at the plan of God. Even though Moses was out of order, God still fulfilled his word. Friends, we haven't done everything all right. We can just say, well, this message is perfect. We can, we can give those accolades. We can do it. But we, we don't want to look through rose-colored eyes. The message is perfect, but we as humans are not. We need to grow up. We need to mature. We need to come to the place. And just because we failed, it doesn't mean we throw everything away. 
Yes, I fail, but failure is a part of maturation. Failure is a part of moving on with God. So let's not look back and be dragged down by what we did wrong. Let's press on. Let's move forward. Let's not camp down. Let's press on. There's, there's land to, to take over. Now, drop down to verse 14. Now here they come. They're on the journey. And Moses talks to this king of Kadesh, from Kadesh unto the king of Eden. He says, you know, we were having trouble. We've, we had the Egyptians. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. This is verses 14 to 18. And we were in Egypt. And we just wanted to, we wanted to pass through, in verse 17, through your vineyards and, and drink of your water. And this king said, you shall not pass by, lest I come against thee with the sword. So in other words, hey, they're on the journey. God said it's all going to be good. And all of a sudden, opposition rises up. I'll tell you what, that doesn't stop God. It shouldn't stop us. And I'll tell you what, if you want to press on with God, listen, there's an enemy that will be at you the moment you consecrate yourself for God. He will tell you when you're young, he says, you got five more years before you need to really surrender. That same devil will come when you're old and say, you lost it, you bypassed it. That same enemy dwells at your heart, at my heart today. But we need to ignore those voices. We need to focus on where we're going. We need to understand we are not here just passing time until God does something. We are the very eye, the apple of God's eye. And we need to step up. We need to allow God to move us. And we need to possess our land. Now, there's more I could read here. I'm going to just drop down to, uh, let's, I got to move on. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 1 real quick. Now, 40 years wandering, wilderness, circles. Now, Deuteronomy 1. Now, here's Moses in the last year, the last month of that 40 years, 39 years, 11 months. They're about to cross over. Moses starts to rehearse things. In verse 5, Deuteronomy 1. On this side, Jordan in the land of Moab began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mount. Now turn you, take your journey, go into the mount of the Amorites to all the places nigh. You know, he's talking about the land of Canaan. Verse 8, I have set the land before you, possess the land that the Lord swear unto your fathers. And, and he's saying, and, and this is Moses rehearsing what happened. So they, they had this opportunity at Kadesh. Let me, I, this will, I really had to divvy this up. I really wanted to get into the second Exodus, and I, I'll have to save it for another service, whether it's a Wednesday or another one, but I want to speak on the upper room and that which is beyond, because it's not just an upper room. There's, a, there's an experience that happens that carries right through, and the Ephesian church fell before they got to their, 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 their finality, but this bride will not fall. This bride will possess what that group did not possess. And we are anointed to take it. Friends, we are the last runners in the race. The last runners do not pass off the baton anymore. The last runners, they possess the finish line. Friends, we don't just want to have good intentions. 
as it says in the book of James. So, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And then we don't do anything about it. We don't want to sit here in a service. Well, that was a pretty good service. It was anointed. We had good songs. And then we go home and we just carry on like everything else. That is not what we're called to do. We're called to possess things. We have gone around the mountain long enough. It is time to possess our mountain. So, drop down to verse 19. And he tells them how they passed by the Amorites and how they came to the land and they wouldn't give it to us and etc., etc. I, I, I missed part of this other part that I wanted to read, but I've got to move it forward. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go up to verse 34 here. Now they... They would not go in. This is, he's rehearsing what happened at Kadesh. The Lord heard the voice of your words, and he was wroth, and he swears, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land, which I swear to, gave unto your father, to give to your fathers, save Caleb, the son of Jehovah. He shall see it, and to him will I give the land that I have trodden upon. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sakes, saying, You shall not go in hither. Verse 38, but Joshua the son of Nun, which stands before you, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit, inherit it. I, I really could read all of this, and, and I, I, I just don't have the time to go to all of it. So I, you can follow that through if you wish. And, and I, I'm just trying to set a scene, and I'm going to go into a bit of a PowerPoint in a few minutes. Deuteronomy 2, verse 1. Then we turned... And took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke unto me. And we compassed Mount Seir many days. Now, Mount Seir was not Israel's inheritance, not Jacob's inheritance. That was Esau's inheritance. So, you could say that we have wandered in the way that... That maybe the denominational moves have gone. We've wandered in those, some of those same circles. And maybe we've wandered. Maybe we've had some of the same things. But that is not our finish in the eyes of God. God saw a different place for the bride in this last day. And that place was not to keep going in the same circle. But to move out of that circle into what he had in his mind all along. And the Lord spake unto me, verse 2, saying, You have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. I need to just make a few statements. This is maybe a lot of scripture and a lot of reading. But I, I just, just need to really emphasize this just for a few moments. And now he tells them, verse 4, You are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir. They and they shall be afraid of you. Now this is different than when it was in Numbers 20. That king wasn't afraid. But now at the season of their inheritance, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think that the enemy knows exactly where we're at? Do you think the battles that you have faced and that I have faced and that we have faced and that we're facing in the message are the result of where we're actually at? Because the enemy knows if we get the true revelation, if we understand that we're going to be an invincible army, and he's doing everything he can, but we need to recognize, hold on a second, I'm not going to get distracted looking to the right. I'm not going to get distracted looking to the left. But I'm just going to keep my eyes on something that God has made real to me. 
And there's a lot of distractions, and he's doing everything he can. But I need to, we need to get our focus today. So now he, he's, he's telling them, verse 5, meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land. You know, the prophet would say to us, we need to lay in the presence of the sun to mature. But sometimes we still get engaged in fighting spirits. We get engaged in, in bad feelings one to another. You know, the greatest power that you have at your disposal this morning is the power to forgive, is the power to be quiet, is the power to turn your focus unto God. That's the greatest power. Their power is not in emails, in bemoaning yourself, in wondering why everything's wrong. Your power is to lay that down and say, the Lord God is my defense. He'll take care of me. He knows what's before me. He'll give me good things. That's our power. And he would go on to say, I, I'm going to have to skip some of this. Deuteronomy 2, let's, let's, let's drop down to verse 27. And now he's talking to the same king of Hishon. He's saying, let me pass through thy land. I will go along by the highway. I will neither turn unto the right hand nor to the left. Thou shalt sell me meat for money that I may eat and give me water for money that I may drink. Only I will pass through on my feet as the children of Israel which dwelt in Seir and the Moabites that dwelt in Er did unto me unto, un, until I shall pass over Jordan unto the land which the Lord gave us. But Sihon king of Heshbon would not let us pass by for the Lord hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate that he might deliver them into thy hand as he appeared this day. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and his land before thee and begin to possess that thou mayest inherit his land. Now, this was something in the mind of God that he had for the people. And I, I would say, friends, I, I, there, there's so much I, I need to condense this morning. But you're anointed to take the promise of the word for the hour and the day that you live in. We are anointed. That's what's real to us. And, and God makes it real to us. And it's not that we have to climb a wall and, and get up there and take. Actually, God wants to give it to us. And I'll say this, as you, the importance of feeding on the message. As you feed on the message, there are things that God opens up to you and makes real to you. And there are things that, that he will reveal to you personally that he doesn't reveal to somebody next to you. And I will say, we need to have that kind of relationship with God. We cannot train one another in the way of the message. We need to catch the vision of the message. And it needs to be caught individually. And it needs to possess you that you actually see your name on the book. Oh, Brother Ed, what does that mean, the name on the book? Well, your name is actually written in the pages of the Bible. 
Brother Branham talks about three Bibles, the one in the heavens, the one in the pyramid, and then the one in the word. And he would talk about it in the greatest battle ever fought. And he says, as I sat there and I looked at all those stars and I said, Lord, Paul is written in those stars. My mother is written in those stars. So they were written in the Bible. And our names are written in the Bible. The real you is written in the Bible. The real you and that which God had in his mind of you, there are scriptures that God makes real to you and you alone. And it only comes when you open your heart and you find your identification in them. Listen, it was Anna who was there at the time of Jesus, but her heart was open and God had given her a place to witness the birth of the Messiah. It was Simeon who was given a place. Why did he appear to them? Because they thought on him. They talked on him. And when we have our hearts open, he appears to us. And the enemy knows this. Therefore, he keeps you engaged in the internet and social media and in YouTube and and in every other communication and texting back and forth. Listen, last service I encouraged you. What the prophet said, he says, come earlier. Come half an hour. I I didn't, I I realize it's a struggle. Some of you drive a long ways, you do this. But I'm saying, why not take an extra 10 minutes? Why not take an extra 15 minutes? And why not give God that? And watch what he opens up to you. And not just coming to church. Why not do it at home? Why not take your phone, your device, whatever it is that consumes you, and lay it down and actually give God an hour to listen to a tape, to actually listen through? Friends, I'll say this. Don't expect to be raptured if you can't do that. Don't expect to be caught up with with something that's just going to come over you. You need to open up to it. You need to put yourself in a place where God can speak to you. Friends, if our mind is on, 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 on what's happening in politics, what's happening in the world, what's happening in the sports world, or the entertainment world, none of those are taking a rapture. Does that mean you don't have some engagement? Yes, you do. But if you're consumed with it, and you can't let go of it, I I am very compelled this morning, very compelled, that the enemy is robbing us. Robbing us. He knows the rapture is in us. My goodness. He knows my clip was slipping too. There we go. Thank you. Okay, there we go. I'm not meaning to yell. I'm just burdened. I'm burdened for myself. I'm, I'm looking at the word, friends. There was a brother that I loved, an elder brother who's passed on. Never, actually never came to this church. And we would have fellowship from time to time, and I loved him, and he loved me, and we would talk about the message. And there was times we were very candid with each other. It was Brother Rolf Koenig. And Brother Rolf, there's times we were just fellowshiping. He says, I hate myself sometimes for how I am before the Lord. I hate that I've let him down so many times. I, I hate that I've done the same. I hate that I've wasted time. If we could actually catch 
everything. Right now, we are writing our reward in eternity. Right now, listen, it's, if, if you just want to cross the finish line and make it, God bless you. But I will say that the heart of the bride is for more than just making it. More than just escaping hell. More. But I'll tell you what, now we can minister to the Lord. The bride is given a place, a city. They are given a place where they are going to be a part of him. He's our bridegroom. There is no people on the face of the earth like the bride of Jesus Christ. This message is not bondage. I'll say there's people in this message in bondage. Coming and saying, why did I have to live in the strictest of all ages? It's not strict if Christ is in you. And I'll say this, if you get him in your heart, there, there's a joy. Uh, there's a joy coming to church. I, I, I have to put it in terms that you can, some of you can relate to. You know, when my wife and I got married and, you know, we, we wanted to travel a little, do this, and then we thought we'll start a family and people would say, well, get it all in before you start your family because once you start a family, uh, your life is over. Yeah, you're going to have diaper bills. You're going to have to shop at Walmart. You won't be going for designer clothes anymore. You'll be doing this and this. And everything I heard, if you just listen to it on one level, it actually is like it's life is over. You know, you can get that mentality in the message. Well, I'm young. I'll go out and drink and do what I can because once I start serving God, I won't be able to do it. Oh, mercy. Mercy. That is not life. That's death. So here we have, we finally have our daughter. She's born. Nobody told me about the joy that I would have to watch this little creation, this little life, and to see the glory of God in this whole process and the joy. Listen, I, we, 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 give up our, we give up our sleep. I remember my wife was a little, you know, she would nurse her and do things, and, and she, I'm, I'm the lighter sleeper. Well, we had the monitor, and sometimes she'd stir. I, I, I'd get up two or three times a night, and I'd go over to that crib, and here she's in the, in the, in the monitor. Oh, she's breathing. Wow. That was the first one. <laughs> the second one, I hear a noise from the baby monitor. Nudge my wife, go over there. <laughs> the third one, I don't know what we did, Ethan, with you. <laughs> he was pretty self-sufficient. Friends, the, the message, what do you think of Christ today? Let's be honest. Connect the dots. Where I'm at today versus the rapture that I'm going to. In order to be raptured physically, you're going to have to be raptured in your heart and in your mind. And I'm not forcing anyone this morning because, friends, I know that there's people, as we read, the kingdom has all types, but it's calling to a fish, a rainbow fish. And some aren't a part of that. And I just say, if there's a least tug, why don't you respond to that? I do get concerned when I, when I see people that claim, well, and I say, the deception of Laodicea, the deception of Laodicea, well, I'm in the church, I am baptized, and I'm in service every Sunday. What more do you want? The deception if you can't enter into a song, if you can't enter into the word, if, if there's no response, if there's nothing. Friends, let's, I, I don't want you to be disappointed. But I'll just say this. That is not how we're moving into the rapture. 
And if you're just waiting for something to sweep over you and it'll carry me away, and it'll, I believe that too. But the only way that'll happen is if you're in the right channel to begin with. Wow. My goodness, I'm hardly where I need to be. Let me read one more Deuteronomy 5, and then I'm going to take a little PowerPoint here. Deuteronomy 5, verse 32. This whole thing is talking to a people that are going, going into, into a, uh, a promised land. You shall observe to do, therefore, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Brother Dan, can I get you to put on that PowerPoint? Now, I, I use this as a bit of a prelude, so just allow me now to take a few quotations and a few things, and if I don't go to this, I just feel like I need to give you the heart of this, and I need to get it to myself too, because I, I just feel like we need a focus. Caught up in the vision of this generation. In the message, looking at the unseen, we read about Abraham, he was just a man, just an ordinary man of an everyday walk, but one day he came in contact with God, and Abraham was changed from that day on. No matter how well he attended church, the church of his father, but once he met God, he was a changed man. I believe that has not ceased to exist today. A man may be a loyal church member. He may be walking upright before his neighbor and his family. But when he meets God, he's a changed man. You must remember, we, it's by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. We look at the unseen. The spiritual man on the inside, if he'll give you the right, you'll give him the right of way. Okay? Now, he will lead you to a little mission somewhere where there's not too many people, but there's the spirit of the living God. Now, we, every one of us is battling this. The minister battles this. The young person battles this. The old person battles this. It's easier to come to church and say, I hope that it, this doesn't get, we don't get balled out. I hope that there's not an altar call. I hope I, I'm not going to be embarrassed in any way. And we, and we can live that way. And, and you know, really, sometimes... I'm not, I, we never do those things on purpose. But if the Lord leads us to do those things, I want to follow the Lord. And if the Lord is actually doing it to help us, the outside man will resist it. And the outside man, you know, if there's a call made or something, sometimes we'll look, I wonder if the person next to me is going, because I, I if, and, or they're, if they're going to raise hands, maybe I'll lift mine slowly so they can't hear that it's being raised. Friends, you got to get past that. Something inside of you has to be greater than that. We're not on a group mentality. We need to be honest before God. I need to be honest before God. I can't come here and say, well, this is what the people will hear. It'll go well if I preach this and everybody will be happy and we'll go on. I have to be accountable to God. And that's what I'm trying to do this morning. Okay, let me move along. This, the spiritual man, if you'll give him the right of way. The outside man feeds on psychology and intellectual. And if we're not careful, we can go on to either one of these sides. 
We can become psychological and intellectual. And, and I will say, there's a great danger of a religious spirit and covering. We can also become emotional. And think that's all spiritual. No, it's, it's actually right between the two. Now, this is really the essence, the quote that is the essence of where I'm, I'm, I'm at today. Once a man catches the vision of the invisible God and he knows that he's always present, there's something that stabilizes that man's thinking. It'll stabilize his actions. And in the time of distress and trouble, it will make him look upward above the things that are happening around him. Because he's looking at the unseen. And he refers to Abraham in the last sentence. It takes every divine promise of God that's in the Bible and calls it present tense and it rests itself there. Now, there's a number of quotations with this. Brother Branham talks about the nations, the shaking, and everything that's happening. If we walk by sight, bottom of the paragraph, we would be the children of darkness, sure enough. But I'm so glad that there's a light that shines in every believer's heart unto that eternal day when Jesus shall come. I'm, I'm going to read just the underlined portion. You've got to come to a place where it is eternally settled once and for all. He is either God or he is not God. And I, I, I will say it this way. We can, we can make it, and, and I, I want to just say, I want to be honest about the message. It is not that we have to come to an altar to be saved. And if you come to an altar, sometimes that's just a temporary fix. And you come here, and you think, well, I cried, I boohooed, I did whatever, God dealt with me, and maybe it's more than that. And you need to look at it as more than a one-time experience. You need to see it as a connecting movement of God in your life. I, 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 I'm going to say some things flat today. We have moved in circles too often. We have moved in political circles. I'll, I'll lay it first to the ministry. We put people, they're of this camp or I'm of this camp. We do a wrong to the body of Christ when we do that. And the devil in this last day is doing everything he can to polarize or divide those things. We need to rise above that. We, and I, I'm going I'm to talk to ministers, I'm going to talk to families, I'm going to talk to young people. If we're not careful, we as human beings, we have a propensity to lift up man higher than they ought to be lifted up. We become fans of a certain preacher. And we do a detriment to God when we do that. Oh, this is the brother. And you know, sometimes that brother can be 2,000 miles away. And you know what we do when we diminish that? We downgrade the God that can be right at your pew this morning. And I find that people will, that do that, that become a fan of somebody, they also will lay blame to somebody. Oh, it's so-and-so's fault that this is not right. Really? We need to start taking account ourselves. What have I done? I'll, I'll leave myself open. You have something that happens in your family with your child or something? I'll tell you what, there's a deep inward searching. And I say this as a minister. Something happens in a church. 
there's a deep inward searching. We don't take these things lightly. Nor do we take these things politically. Well, let's just gather more in, and you know, if we have, then we'll, our, no, we want to be the bride of Jesus Christ. We are not a denomination. We are not a religious people. We are Christians. And we need to see a connection of our walk that started from the beginning. Okay, I got to look at the way you're. That started from the beginning until the end. And you got to see that the God that met me, so-and-so crossed my path. I was born in this family. That God led me here. That God led me here. But if we're not careful, we make it a series of circles. And we move from one event to the next, and we have no vision to where we're going. We're just bumping around. We're just doing such and such. Oh, when's the next special service? And we live from special service to special service, and we fail to see God moving in our lives. We need to move beyond that, friends. We need to have a walk of reading your Bible, of getting in the Word. There has to be a vision. And it's not just the preacher. And it's not Brother Tim Pruitt or Brother Donnie. It's the vision of God made real to every one of you. When's the next youth meeting? I'll go to that. Wonderful. I'm not, I'm not discouraging that. But if you come back from that youth meeting and now everything that you've learned, you blow it off and, and you, you just degrade into a lower level of walk, you've missed the purpose of the youth meeting. Well, there's lots of girls there or lots of guys there, whatever way you are. But oh, We had a great social time. We need to see something beyond that. Well, I heard so-and-so was ministering and Listen, I, I'm not downgrading any of this. I'm the same way. But I also know I need something greater than that. I need to be led of God. And if we bring somebody in, it's not just, well, you know, this is a popular top ten. You know, that'll bring the people. No, it's, it's higher than that. Lord, bring the brother that we need to hear that will bring us the right words that you're speaking to us. Lord, lead our ministers. Brother Max will minister tonight. Lead Brother Max to minister what we need tonight. We enjoyed what Brother Moses ministered on, on Wednesday, but it wasn't just Brother Moses. That was the Holy Spirit that was leading us. And we need to see God in that. Oh, well, not just, okay, that's Brother Moses. And we kind of, oh, that's Brother Ed. Oh. No, I'll tell you what. We do a disservice to God. You need to come to church expecting. And you need to not just come expecting up here, but you need to bring something with you that you're ready to receive, you're ready to hear, you're ready to do things. Friends, this is not, and I, I, I don't, I'm not directing this at the youth only, I'm directing at this, some of us who become complacent. And we come, become complacent. Well, we've, you know, it's 2023, I guess we'll go around this year. You know, and then, then it'll be 2024. And then it'll be something such. And we're still walking and God has moved on. We're still in circles. 
oh, I wonder who we'll have for the special meetings this year. I'm looking for more of God. And I think you can bring that expectation with you, saying, Lord, I don't just want special services. I don't just want regular services. I want Jesus in his life. We need to catch that vision. You can tr- we can be trained in the message. We can be trained in all of those things. And you know what? And it's mechanical. And it's just mechanical. But there's another promise of dynamics. And dynamics needs to settle on the mechanics. So we don't want to become fans of preachers. We don't want to have our list of top ten. We need to put Jesus higher. Friends, every one of us, I think we need to lift up the word in our midst. Wow. How in the world did I get here today? What did I do with my uh, little clicker? There it is. Somebody was hiding it on me. I really want to take part of this in another service and I want to speak on the upper room and beyond. And I don't, I don't want to call this beyond the upper room because then some people say, you're circumventing Pentecost. No, we're not. Pentecost is an essential experience. Pentecost, uh, I, I'm going to share a little testimony here for a minute, in, in a minute, but I will say this, Pentecost is essential, but to place it all on that and not to grow and move on with God is wrong. Because, hey, and I'm getting into my next message, but Peter was in the upper room. Ten years later, he was still walking in Jewish traditions. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is he will lead you and guide you into all truth. So we're not just picking up a portion of the word. But the full word is anointed to us. And it needs to be the portion. There there was a generation that was going to possess the land. So there has to be a Pentecost. I, I will say, if you're just trained in the message and you don't have Christ in you, in the token message, Brother Branham says it this way, he'll say, he said, Things will coming that will pass through you and you won't even, be, won't even know it if you don't have the token to examine it. You'll come in like everybody else. What's going on? How come they're so caught up? And so I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. The absence of God in present stage is coming to a place where everything around it, everything else around it is evil. The absence of the fullness of God and I'll just share a testimony. I had, a, I had a brother in our church share a testimony with our young people a couple of years ago. And he was relating his walk with God and, and he was not serving God in the way that he should have been. And he said he was out somewhere and he was doing things. And, and he came to a place and he met a woman, uh, a girl. He saw the woman on the street. And he said it frightened him because he knew there was something horribly evil about it. And it was so evil, and I may not get this right, but it was so evil that he recognized what he had at that moment was not enough to combat that evil. And it was such a statement, and it frightened him so much that he made a determination to get right with God after that. 
I will say the things that are coming on the earth now, if you've just been trained in the message and you haven't caught the vision yet, you are going, not going to have enough to match it. I'm not putting this on you fearfully. I'm encouraging you. Friends, let's come a little higher. I, I will say if we don't have Jesus, I, I, I watch the spirits that are coming in the world right now. They're the, the LBGTQXYZ movement or whatever it is, is bolder by the minute. Our governments are bolder by the minute. I will say this, all of the transsexual and those, they're bolder all the time. The spirits around the message are bolder all the time. They're not afraid to go onto social media. They're not afraid to do what they do. And I'll tell you what, one day they'll cross a line. I say, you will not overcome on that level. You need to come into an encounter with Jesus Christ that is something sacred and you know it's dwelling in you. And I'll tell you what, it'll, it'll soften your sarcastic edge. It'll soften the words that you just pump out like nothing's going on. No, friends, I, I, I say there's a sanctity, there's a reverence of the Holy Ghost that we need to have, and it's not good enough to point back to 20 years ago, 10 years ago, or I hope so. It needs to be an ever-present God. And it doesn't mean you've got to come into all kinds of things. It just means walk with Him. Give your heart to Him. I really have done a lot of things off my notes today. But I'm, I'm just telling you where, where, where we're at. I'm going to move this along. The promised land. There's a group that came out of Egypt. They're going to go into this land. So there was a portion of land that God had available for them. It was a promised land. Now more than just a piece of dirt that everybody was going to try like they did in the old days when the gold rush came. i got to put my stake out. No. God actually already had appointed a portion of that land to every tribe in Israel. So actually when he looked at it, it wasn't just a land that was promised, but it was a land of inheritance. Ephraim had a land. Manasseh had a land. And, 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 and Reuben had a land. Each one had a little portion in the land. Nobody can take away the portion that God has for you. So now they were going to come into the land and this is what they were going to come into. So in fact, God already spoke before Joshua ever got there. He had the Hebrew mothers, when they were giving birth, they would begin to give birth pains. They would begin to groan. And when they groaned, they, gave, they mentioned the name of those babies coming forth. And, and when they uttered that name, it positionally spoke of their place in the land. So God, from the very beginning of your call, wherever he spoke to you, he has an end destination for you. And you need to be recognizing, I'm not good enough to dwell in the circle back there, the circle back here. I need to possess the part that was ordained for me. The first exodus, they started in a journey. They all went out under the pillar of fire. They all went under the cloud. They all journeyed. They were on their way to the land. Then they came and there was temptations in the wilderness. And these temptations, Moses would speak. He would tell them this and this. And they would chide with him. And, and, and spirits rose up in their midst. Dathan rose up. Korah rose up. They forgot 
the supernatural God that parted the Red Sea. I'm gonna, I'm, Brother Alan, sorry, I've got you going back. Just turn the lights on for a second. If we're not easy, careful, we put everything on Brother Branham. But as it was back then, so is it today. And under the time of Moses, they're in the wilderness. And now they were not to look to the right, not to look to the left. And I, this is my admonition as we're into this new year. Stop looking at the person next to you. Stop looking at the church that's down the road. And I say this, not that we don't benefit from it. We do. We're a body. But I'll say this. We need to be more focused than ever on Christ. Now, if you're caught in a circle that's somewhere else than where you should be, you'll never come to fruition. And here's Moses. And Moses now is journeying past Moab. But as he comes past Moab, here's Balaam, another prophet, anointed and he concocts a plan where they have the Midianitish women dance before the men of Israel. And one of the princes of Israel, the princes, is taking a woman into his tent. Now, if you would have been caught in a cycle of, oh, uh, that's brother so-and-so. I've got to respect brother so-and-so. You wouldn't have said a thing. But in the middle of all of that, there was a young man who'd caught a vision. And this young man said, well, I, I, you know, these are the elders and I, I can't do anything. No, he caught a vision that was deeper than that. And the vision that he caught is, we are holy before God. We are not turning to the right. We are not turning to the left. We have got a journey and this is not right. And something rose up in that man. His name was Phineas. And he took a spear. Listen, if he was operating in a political circle or a social circle, he never would have done that. But because he was possessed by God, he rose up and he said, no way. And he put the spear through them. It's time. Young people, Social media, whatever it is, there's a lot of things being said. And we digest them. And there's times we need to stand up and say, I'm sorry, I don't need to hear this. I'm shutting it off or at least stand for God. And somebody comes to you with a complaint. And somebody comes with this. I think it's time we need to stand up and say, that is not part of the vision. That is not where I'm going to. We need to st listen, this is not just for ministers. We all need to catch the vision. And we need to encourage one another. That doesn't mean we judge everybody by if they're dressed right and they're do right and then bonk them over the head if they're not. That's not what I'm talking about. We need more love of God than we've ever needed. We need more of a stand on God than we've ever had to stand on Him. I don't want to walk in the same circle as I walked last year. I don't want to walk in these same things. How many can say the same thing? Lead us higher, Lord. Lead us higher. There's a whole spirit around the message. Oh, it's only on Brother Branham. Okay, where did that spirit come from? Well, it happened back in the Old Testament too. Here is Moses. He's on the journey. He couldn't even handle all the cases that were given to him. 
And God spoke to him first through Jethro, his father-in-law, and then God said to him, take 70. And the same spirit that was on you, Moses, is going to come on 70 others. Not the same office, the same spirit. And so here is, here is Moses, he, he comes out, and all of a sudden, there's a group of young men that come, and they say, Moses, Moses, there's, there's, they're prophesying around the camp. Stop them, Moses, stop them. And that spirit exists today. They want to squelch the God that is desiring to manifest himself in every young person, in every home. And that God wants to make himself real. That doesn't mean we're exalting ourselves. We're exalting Christ. He wants to dwell in us. It's always been that way. There's always wet blankets around. I, I know that, yeah, you can go overboard either way. But I'll say that's a spirit around this word. It's Nicolaitanism. But it's also just like it was when, you know, here's Abraham. He's coming out. He digs wells in a dry land. He digs these wells. There's water coming out of these wells. Well, by the time Isaac, his son, comes back, the Philistines had stopped up the wells. Now, just give me the rationale behind this. It's water. It's good for people. But no, we're going to plug it up. Friends, the the Holy Spirit is desiring to flow. Why would we want to plug it up? Why do we? I'll tell you what. The Holy Ghost is sensitive. You try to control it, and he'll just take his flight. You try to put a boundary around him, he'll just move away. Friends, he, we want liberty. That doesn't mean we're just, well, everything goes back to the word. It does. And that's our anointing to take it back to the word. But I say this, we need to move forward. What was it in Saul that when David and his, and his Saul's with all the army and he, he makes a pact, he says, nobody eat, when well, they're in a battle with the Philistines, nobody eat anything from now till sundown. And they're all fainting and they've got to go into battle. I mean, what kind of a pact is that? Really? No, you can't listen to anybody outside of what I tell you to listen to. I'm sorry, God is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter who it is. God honors no man. He will share his glory with no man. But he also wants to give himself to every one of us. And and here's David. He doesn't even hear this. He's he's with his armor bearer or whatever it was. And 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 they're, they're in the battle and they're just faint and they're weary. And they came upon some honey. And they took the honey, I think they had just, they had, the two of them, he said, well, it doesn't take a whole bunch of us. They'd, they'd conquered something. They conquered a, a stronghold of the Philistines. They came back and there's a little honey. Oh, there's honey. And, and when they took this honey, oh, it just lightened them and their eyes became open. And they came back into the camp and, 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 and it became evident that they'd eaten honey and broken Saul's word. And they were ready to crucify him for it. And then they stopped him and said, look at him. He's better off than we are. <laughs> Well, friends, the enemy is no different today. He wants to put boundaries. You can't do this. I'll tell you what, every one of you can have every promise that God has anointed to you. But you need to say, it is mine. I want to take it. I want to possess it. Put the lights back down again, Brother Allen. They're in the wilderness. Wandering in the wilderness now. Finally, God had enough of them. Ten times they tempted him. I'm not going into all those today. Forty years in a circle. Can you imagine? What year is this? 
I think it's year 34 and a half. It's a different view this year, isn't it? You can see the mountain shadows are a little different. Yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, there's a generation that refused God's word and would not go in, and they're dying off. But there's an, another generation rising up. And this other generation is saying, how many more years to have done this? Because I'm done with this. While one group was getting complacent, another group was saying, I want my mountain. I want my promises. I don't want to stand here anymore. I don't want to go in the same old circle. And we find, well, I got to keep moving. So this is the journey in the wilderness. They started out here. That's in Goshen. That's where they were. They came out. Now, I don't know where they came by the Red Sea. This is all the Red Sea. But in general, they came this way down to Mount Sinai. And they were to go and possess the land up here. Let me give you a better picture of this. So they came from here. They came down here, the wilderness, Mount Sinai. They were going to come back up this way, ready to possess the land. But instead, they ended up taking a trip around the mountain, a trip around this wilderness, a trip around, a trip around. And that land lay there all that time. I have read so many things in the message, and I feel like there's so many glorious promises. Sometimes we as brothers, we share a quote or two, and I say, look at this. Isn't this tremendous? And, and Brother Andrew, the other night, we were sharing a quote, and he couldn't sleep till 1 a.m. I said, Memo, do not share a quote with Brother Andrew at 11 p.m. <laughs> and the next day, he's, he's quoting me at 7 a.m., and memo, Brother Andrew, Brother Ed sleeps till 8 a.m. <laughs> oh, but to get excited about God. This is actually a detailed, and it goes to a lot of detail about those things. I'm not going to go, but it talks about their journey and crisscrossing and doing things. But finally it came. I'm just going to share a couple more things before we close today. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I want to ask you today, what is your vision looking forward? Is it, well, we've got a, a camp meeting coming up. We've got this. I know there's one sister here who's getting married. That's a pretty good vision. A couple sisters, actually. That's, that's a good thing to look forward to. But beyond all of those things, what else do we have? Brother Bram also speaks about, he's talking about the gifts here and about how all of these things like come, you know, tongues and prophesying. Now, all of these things have a sound, and there's a distinction in sounds. So, he says, now, if a trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? Uh, I was just sharing with my wife, we went for a walk. And I'd put on a tape. You know, sometimes I'll listen to different brothers here or there, or somebody will point a service to me, and I, I can't listen to them all. I, I, I need this one place that I need to come to. And it's not just Brother Branham on tape, because I hear that voice when I hear other brothers, but I need to put things before God and say, Great Lord, I want you to speak to me. And I was just listening to this message yesterday, and as Brother Bannon was speaking, oh, it was just some things. 
and, and I'm sitting over there on the couch and, and I got my headphones on and my wife's kind of cleaning up and I'm just, and then she wanted to go for a walk. I said, honey, I can't right now. I'm in the middle of, and, and I was in a depth. I was in a different world. And it was just God. And I went downstairs and just began to pray. And I said, Lord, I want to walk with you. I know I got to minister. I know I got to do these things. But beyond all of that, I can minister and still be a castaway. Lord, I want to walk with you. I need you, Lord. We all need him. Now, this, this is from the message voice of God in his last days. Brother Bram said, without an open vision, the people perish. If we don't know where we're going to go, we may have, we had COVID hit us. We had, we've had different things come in the form of government rules, regulations against us. And you know what? Sometimes I hate it. I get upset at it. And I, and I watch question period a little bit too long, and I know I've watched it too long because I can't enter into prayer after that. And I, and I go, these things are distractions. Turn not to the right or to the left. So Brother Bannum says, where there's no open vision, what happens? We begin to get lax. We just begin to, ah, this is the way we've always done things. Let's just keep doing it. It's going to take more than that. It's going to take more than that for the ministry. It's going to take more than that for every one of us, for heads of homes. I'll tell you this. It's not as important that your children are dressed right and in church as much as you get their heart right with God. And you get them to a place where they've met that invisible God because once they meet him, that will set them on a journey. Oh, they'll have struggles. And that ought to be our burden, friends. It's not enough to get them baptized. Brother John, God's dealing with you. You know where you've been. You've you got many things behind you, but I say this, you need to just look forward and say, God, you directed me, now I'm going to take steps towards you. That's for every one of us. We'll say, I, I've been in the message, you know what? If, if Ask yourself this question. If the Lord Jesus Christ would have physically been here and was watching your responses in the service, would he have come to you by the body language that you portrayed in a service? Because your attitude towards Christ is represented in your attitude to your brother, your attitude to the services. Ah, yeah, speak to me, Lord. No response sometimes. Or you know what? Worse than that, sometimes just, yeah, God dealt with me. I'm okay. And we get deceived. Friends, I, I, I need to just prick you today a little bit. I need to prick myself. When the word came on Acts chapter 2, they were pricked in their hearts. If I don't prick you a little bit today, listen, some of us are going to keep going downhill. But I don't want us to go. I don't want anybody to go there. Well, I'm not responsive. I'm not emotional. I understand that. You don't have to be yourself. But I'll say this. Be who you would be in service or before God as if he was there. Because he's here. Let's, let's be real. So we get lax. We become dim-sighted. 
God's promised to meet the need of this hour. But there's, I'm, I'm summarizing, but there's so many other voices that attract the church from the voice of God. And he says, and he says, the voice of God becomes foreign. I, I want to I just say this, friends, honestly, like, I think God wants to deal with us sometimes. But there are so many layers over us that he can't hardly penetrate. Oh, God. And Brother Branham says, we've watched too much Hollywood. We've had too much of the world. We've become neurotic where we can't sit still. And we can't allow the Holy Spirit. I'm not speaking this just to young people. I'm speaking it to every one of us here. I'm speaking it to us as ministers, to myself. And I say, if I look back last year and I have some regrets... It's that I didn't do more for the Lord. And I, I will say, or that I, you know, we can say, well, you know, I, I had this baptism and I had this experience. You know, the greatest experience that's being made known to the bride today is the mystery of Christ revealed. And you know what? You, you peel back another layer every day. Oh, God, that's you. And when that fills you, you know what? something gets displaced. The, the, the things that were out there get displaced. But if you don't go there, all of a sudden now, oh, I'm just too busy with this. I got to run here. I got to do that. And it's left laying there. And it's left laying there. And God can't move on us. And then we come to service. Oh, God, help me. Forgive me. And a few minute repentance. And we reap what we sow. I, 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 I may have to come back at this in other ways, but I... I want us to be honest. We need to have the vision of where God is leading us. Not just to be trained, to actually be caught up with it. Okay? Let's just go a couple more, and then I'll be done. It deadens the voice of the supernatural. Talks about political voices. Let me go further. Voice of politics. It gets mixed up in churches. Oh, I'm Republican. Oh, I'm Democrat. Oh, I'm, I'm for Nautilus. I'm not for... Listen, it's, it's, don't get caught up in that. These kingdoms will all fail away. This is politics. And Brother Bram says, the voice of politics becomes stronger in the earth than the voice of God. The voice of Hollywood... Just mentioning these couple before we close. We've had a loud speaking, the voice of Holly. It's captured the world. I was in Africa, Brother Zoke, I was in Africa 20, when, just before, just after we got married, it was about 20, 25 years ago. We had children, we raised children. I, I had about a span of about 18 years that I didn't go, and I went back, and I was surprised at how the countries had changed. The stewardesses that were simple, sweet African women, now they had purple hair, tight clothes. I stepped off the plane and people were on their phones. And, and the fashions, you know, at, at that time it was baggy jeans that hung down and tight. They had them over there and I thought, it's a spirit. It's on the whole world. I, 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 listen, whatever, whatever you do is as long as it's under the thing, but... Allow Christ to speak to you. 
I'm saying, Hollywood has set a pattern for our women, their dress, their hairstyles. Notice Hollywood, they raise up things. Now this, this is old, we don't have this trouble so much today. But in the days of Brother Branham, he said, they invented this little thing called the hula hoop. Did you ever notice the vulgarity and things that followed that? Brother Ed, the hula hoop. Listen, it's way worse today. If, if you're just going to examine this on a historical level, or you're just going to examine it on your thinking, but I say this, get in Christ. Allow Him to minister to you. Listen, I'm, I'm, I've got to close. Talks about Hollywood is full of gunfighters. Talks about a series called Gunsmoke. It's absolutely glorifying sin. Little children on the country can tell you more about Matt Dillon than they can tell you about Jesus Christ. And if you said amen to that, I know you're as old as I am. They set the pace. You know, and he talks about naming a child, Ricky or Elvis. He said, it's a spiritual thing. Don't do it. Your name characterizes your life. He goes on to say, I got to just move a little quickly. Uh, I won't have time for some of this. I'm going to have to save it. So let me just go back to this real quick. So now there came a time in the journey where it said, you have compassed the mountain long enough. Turn northward. As we close this morning, I'm going to ask you. Maybe you've been walking and, and listen, we don't go in as a, we go in as a people, but we're not all at the same stages. And there has to be a, a change in your life. Brother Jeff, I'm just going to speak about you for a sec. A couple years ago, Brother Jeff, been at this church a long time. God just started dealing with him. He came up here and he was baptized again. Brother Virgilio, you did the same thing. Why? Because God had dealt with him and spoke with him. And he said, I have gone around this circle long enough. I need to turn northward. I I would just say this today. Don't let this be another circle this year. Let's turn northward. Wherever you're at in your life, whatever you need to do, you need to turn northward. I'm going to leave all the rest off. Let's have the musicians come. Remember, there's a promised land. You've got a place. We've all got a place. We could go through the adoption. I'm not going to go to it. There's one more I want to take here. This is in a little message Brother Branham had spoken. And he talks about what he calls beaver preachers. They block up the flow of the water. I don't want to be that. As a head of home, you don't want to be it. You can be so religious that you block it all off. But he says, the prophet came with a vision, and he says that, you know, he was talking about the time uh, when Elisha was there, and he says, do you need another mighty rushing wind? No. Do you need a ladder rain? No. Just clean out the channel. That's all you have to do. We've got people, we need to just clean out the channel. Get all the fanaticisms and isms and things. Take all the logs away. You know, all these different things. The vision of today is what? The prophet's vision. A true prophet's got the same vision today. Clean it up. We need a revival. We need a digging time. Dig. Dig deeper. You're going to get more water if you dig deeper. Take a little more time. Come a few minutes earlier. Spend a little more time. And you watch God come. 
We've got to come to this. Dig deeper or you will dry up. I'm going to close with that. You can turn the lights on, Brother Allen. Stand together. I know this wasn't maybe the kind of message that's going to pump you up, but I want to do this, as I said, to prick your heart, to prick my heart. And I say, Lord, I need a vision. I, we need a vision. Listen, what, who's, who's singing for me? You're going to sing for me. Okay. We're going to sing, Don't Lose Your Vision of Jesus. I, I want to put that before you. Just we'll sing that a, a time or two. Then we'll sing another song. But I'm going to just say this. What caught your attention way back? Or what have you never caught? I'll say this. God gave you something. He didn't mean for you to stay there. He wants you to move with Him. And there is a people in this message that will possess every quote, that will possess every promise. And I want to say, I believe some of them are here today. I believe there's young people that are overcomers. I believe there's families that are overcomers. I believe that we can have a higher level. Brother Ed, are you perfect? No. I feel like I failed sometimes. I felt awfully discouraged times this year. But I'm not going to hang my head down there. I'm saying Moses made mistakes. Joshua made mistakes. Brother Branham made mistakes. I've made mistakes. But that has nothing to do with where I'm going. Forgetting those things that are behind. I press towards the mark. How many are saying, I'm with you, Brother Ed? Let's sing, Don't Lose Your Vision of Jesus. Don't lose your vision of Jesus. Keep your eyes ever on Him. Many friends and dear loved ones have lost their But in Joshua, Moses told him, don't turn to the right or the left. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. God speaks to Joshua and he says, don't look to the right, don't look to the left.
but have courage and press on. Then we go all the way down to Joshua chapter 23, verse 7. And now Joshua declares he's old, he's passing on, and he says to the elders, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. But he says these words before that. He says, see that you turn not to the right or to the left. And we had a messenger that said, stay in line. Friends, I feel the pull of the world has come on us in a greater way. I feel the pull of the enemy. And if you're honest, you'll notice it's, it's pulled me from God here. It's pulled me from here. How many this morning say, I'm going to take a step and I'm going to be right here. Oh, I've been discouraged, Brother Ed. So-and-so disappointed me. So-and-so did this to me. Just look at God. Don't look at that person. Don't look at that. You're bigger than that. Don't look at that person. I had a minister brother that I would call senior to me. And I watched him slowly moving out of this message. And he called me one day and he spent an hour on the phone with me explaining why he was no longer calling Brother Branham the messenger of Malachi 4. And he says, give it a few months and you'll see what I'm seeing. I said, I'm not going with you. Something greater is in my heart. I've caught a vision. I've caught a vision. And I'm taking that vision with me. Let's sing the anchor holes. I think there's a place in those verses that actually says that. Let's sing, let's sing this one. Yeah, this one. That's right, verse 3. I've had visions And I've had dreams And I've even held them in my hands But I never They would slip right i 
light of the storm. I'm going to ask everybody just to bow their heads. We've just gone through the service. Maybe a few minutes longer right now. Before we're dismissed here today, I don't want you just to, I'm not asking anybody to come to an altar, but if you want to come, you can come. Whatever you need to do, if you want to slip over next to your wife and hold her hand or your children, you can do that. If you want a, a brother next to you, if you just want to stand where you're at, but I'm asking you right now, what is your vision that God has made real to you? And you ask yourself, do I have a vision? Do I have an anchor? And I say this because if I don't have it, I want to get it, Lord. I don't want to just be bounced around this next year, this way, that way. But I want to take a course, not to the right, not to the left. You know what's dragged you down. But I'm asking just now, as I offer prayer, consecrate yourself to the Lord. Can you do that? Heavenly Father, we've come to the close of the service. Some things were very direct today. But I feel that the Holy Spirit has been moving us. Lord, I'm not putting myself any higher. I'm actually saying, Lord, I need more of you. I'm saying, Lord, I need more of a vision. Lord, I need something that when I'm tempted, when something comes my way, or I'm tempted to rise up and say something, something goes wrong, that I'm not just going to go and escape bag of popcorn, endless food for hours, hide in some kind of a Hollywood escape, go absorb myself in my pity. Lord, we've been called to higher than that. Lord, we're human beings, but we're asking, consume us, Lord. Take us, Father, in your hands. I pray, Father, that parents heads of homes, fathers would take a greater role with a vision. Lord, our children are facing spirits like never before. I pray we as officers would have a greater care, not just as policemen, but Lord, with care and with love and with the tenderness of God. I pray as ministers, Lord, we would not compromise but you'd also stretch us further that we can go beyond the realms of just our church, just our comfort zone, that we can reach out into the street, that we can go into the byways and the highways, that we can have Christ before us always. Lord, I pray that we could be moved, not rigid, not stiff-necked, but Lord, that we could be moved by you. Lord, these words... I, I don't know if I could even say them correctly, but Lord, you make them real to us. So Lord, as we just stand here, we'll sing another chorus and we'll be dismissed. But Father, we're asking you, let us catch the vision. Lord, it's not our own vision, but it's catching your vision. And it's already there, Lord. You have a place for every one of us. We're all important. Bless this people this morning. They've been patient. They've stood here. They've waited here.
May your spirit, may these words not return to us void. But I pray now you take us, Lord, into your hands. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a chorus or two of keep your mind stayed on me. Then we'll just change the order and dismiss. Keep your mind stayed on me. Stayed on me. Faithfully. And I will give you perfect peace. Sweet release if you'll just keep your mind stayed on me. One more time. Just keep your mind safe.